Hello, everyone. It's Mike Landy. It is uh, Saturday, May 16th. We are in episode seven of the Five for Five Day podcast. Uh, we'll probably be sending this one out on Sunday morning, uh, working on it here on Saturday night. Uh, I am going to start this podcast a little spacey and hippie, hippie-like, but please bear with me. Um, I believe that if your mind and your soul put something out there into the universe, it does come back to you in some way, shape, or form. Very hippie concept there. Um, this was the premise behind a hip book called uh, The Secret that came out way back in 2006. It spoke of a concept called the law of attraction. The law of attraction stated that whatever you dwell upon and your thinking will soon become a reality. So if your problems are always first and foremost in your mind, your universe brings you more problems. Uh, likewise, if you put yourself in a state of mind where your, your thoughts are of wealth, uh, you would steer your life towards things that would make you more wealthy. It was a fantastic idea. Uh, it seemed a little hokey at first, but there is a lot of logic behind that if you really think about it. Uh, the reason I say this is because I think this phenomenon has actually happened to me over the past few weeks. Obviously, the dominant thought in most people's heads at this time is COVID-19, the quarantine, and the economic shutdown. Like most people, I'm reaching the breaking point in my thoughts about the shutdown. I think we have quickly surpassed the point in which the cure is worse than the actual sickness. I see the suffering of my family and the suffering of my students, uh, the people that work for me. Uh, the effects of, on the economy are staggering. I have actually been afraid to look at my retirement account. I don't even want to know what it says. And like most people in the metropolitan area, it is getting difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel. If you watch network news or MSNBC or CNN, they're continually painting the most dire and hopeless picture for everyone. Uh, earlier this week, Fauci warned of the dangers of opening up the economy too soon. And he basically said that if it were up to him, we would need to stay in a lockdown until the vaccine is actually created. Uh, I also uh, had the, I don't want to say pleasure, that's the wrong word. Uh, I witnessed New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy respond to a question uh, by Tucker Carlson about our constitutional rights. And when asked about this, he, he actually replied that this was something that was, and in quotes, I put this, above his pay grade. It was an incredibly flippant answer. And um, I do not see a single mainstream news channel other than Fox that even cites this as an important statement. It was virtually ignored. He asked a question, Tucker asked him, uh, do you have the constitutional right to close a church and, and uh, you know, restrict people to their homes? And his response was, yeah, that, that's above my pay grade. Like I said, it was vir it's virtually ignored in the mainstream media. I'm guessing that the concept of government overreach has been in my mind at that point. But this statement by this first-term governor really solidified it. The idea of government overreach was something that has been dwelling in my head over and over again. It was the following day that I went for a walk for a little exercise and to clear my mind when I walked past Wet Sutton Park, uh, which is in Kearney, where I live, and noticed that the road was closed and there was a sign that stated, Park closed by order of the governor. Please note that this governor, much like his counterpart in New York State, uh, airs daily briefings that run anywhere from an hour to two hours on most days. These guys get massive amounts of exposure and have truly fallen in love fallen in love with the sound of their own voices. At this point, the school that I work at has been closed and students have been on virtual learning uh, for 39 school days. 
I can no longer attend my church services with no return date announced. I looked into the procedure for legally acquiring a gun for my protection and the protection of my family and my property, and I was told that the process has been backlogged and it could take as long as a year to acquire that license. I cannot walk in the open air of the parks in my state that are funded by my taxpayer dollars. All small independent businesses in my area have been crippled due to these government regulations. I'm forced to wear a mask everywhere I go outside of my home. And my daughter has lost the last four months of her senior year at high school. I'm also told that there can be no form of graduation ceremony, including students in any type of automobile procession or anything out of the ordinary because there can be no gatherings of students. So my daughter will have walked out of school uh, in March and never to return, never to have any closing ceremony uh, other than whatever stuff they're doing online, which we all know isn't anywhere near the, the same education you'd get if you're in person. So needless to say, the real and present danger of government overreach is a pretty common theme in my head, whether consciously or subconsciously. Now, getting back to this book, The Secret, the law of attraction in that book states that whatever thoughts are dominant in your, in your mind will become a reality in some way, shape, or form. It is interesting how this manifested in my media choices during this same period. So, what do, you, what do I mean by that? What book am I currently reading? Right now, I am struggling through Alexander Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago. If you don't know what that book is, you can Google it. But this is a novel written by Solzhenitsyn when he was a prisoner in the, in the former Soviet Union. What Netflix series do my wife and I uh, have been binge-watched over the last couple of days? Uh, we watched Waco. Uh, what film looked interesting to me on Netflix, and I decided to watch it on Monday night? The Death of Stalin. You put these three together. It's kind of interesting. It is truly an amazing synchronicity of choices on my part. The Gulag, Gulag Archipelago is a novel uh, created, uh, credited with helping to uncover the atrocities committed by Joseph Stalin and the communist government of the Soviet Union. The stories of imprisonment without evidence and uh, any type of fair trial you know, no type of fair trial, I'm sorry, are, are stunning. The tales within this work are memorized and then written down by Solzhenitsyn because uh, he had no way of writing this while he was in prison. Most people today, if you ask them, they have no idea of the extent of murder and persecution committed by communist Russia during Stalin's reign. In everybody's mind, Hitler is the worst person who's ever lived. And, you know, uh, Stalin kind of is, is only known by people who actually really study history. Um, his government was the ultimate tale of government overreach. It is estimated that Stalin is responsible for the deaths of 30 to 40 million people. Uh, Hitler is stated to be responsible for around 12 million deaths. Neither one of them, uh, we're, we're not taking them lightly, but there, there's no comparison between the two. Both of them are actually dwarfed by the estimates uh, of Mao Zedong in China, who is said to be responsible for between 40 and 80 million deaths. Stalin and Mao share one thing in common. They both profess the ideology of socialism and communism. Uh, this is the same philosophy touted by uh, recently, uh, recent loser Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. So it's amazing that an idea like that, which is, you know, has been responsible for that much, that many deaths in the 20th century, somehow has gotten a foothold here in America in 2020. 
uh, getting back to Waco here, the story of the siege of the Branch Davidian compound at Waco, Texas, is another tale of stunning government overreach. What makes this one more astonishing is that this time it actually took place in the United States. The ATF stormed this religious group in 1993, and uh, there was a siege that was soon taken over by the FBI. I think it lasted 51 days, and um, it resulted in the deaths of 76 members of this religious group, 25 of which were children, and two of them were pregnant women. I suggest that you look into, into this one yourself to determine just how much of an infringement on civil liberties of American citizens it really was. Kind of stunning. So you put those two together with my final choice, which was uh, basically I just saw an interesting teaser on Netflix for a comedy called The Death of Stalin. It, it starred Steve Buscemi and Michael Palin. I'm fans of these two guys, so I thought it looked interesting. Again, this film looks at the comedic absurdity of the norms in Russia during Stalin's reign. In the film, Stalin dies and the, the remaining guys that surround him are all kind of uh, scrambling to, re to uh, gain power in Russia. Uh, the backstabbings, the interrogations, the false imprisonments, the paranoia are literally so insane that they make, it, they make for a comedy. It's a comedy for us, but I'm sure it was not so funny for the people living under this communist government, the socialist government in the 1940s and 1950s. When I was done viewing this film, the three short uh, choices that I made had just sort of hit me in connection to the events going on in New Jersey due to the COVID-19 lockdown. What exactly is within the perimeters of the powers of government? You need to question these things. Can they arbitrarily decide that I am not allowed to attend church anymore? How about going for a walk in the park or gathering with my friends? Sure, I am being told that every violation of my freedom and personal rights are for my own good. But isn't that exactly what the citizens of the Soviet Union and China were being told during the genocides going on in those countries? For the last 10 years, the United States, uh, in the United States, our government has slowly been blurring the line between what we should be responsible for personally and what the government is responsible uh, for us. We are slowly being infantilized with the goal being to create a populace that is completely reliant on the government for everything. The more government does for us, the less we are responsible for and the more dependent we are on the government for existence. It really is a vicious cycle that ends in a place without true freedom, without choice, and ultimately without meaning. Our governors have continually moved the goalpost for when we will be, and I put this in air quotes, be allowed to get back to normal. I'm sure that some of the thinking is well-intentioned, but unfortunately, I am sure most of it comes from a place where these politicians are looking towards re-election and they are looking towards a fear of litigation being sued over, uh, you know, opening up the government too soon. Our leaders seem to be given leeway to overreact to this situation on the side of safety while having zero accountability for the consequences of erring on the side of caution, even if the economy is destroyed. I think we can all agree that American citizens have done what was asked of them. We were told to shut down the whole thing, do this to flatten the curve, not allow hospitals to be overwhelmed, wear the masks, socially distance. We did all of that. The hospitals were never overwhelmed. New York sent the floating hospital away after a few weeks because it was not needed. 
We needed to come to the realization that was that there was no such thing as 100% security in any decision. Life entails risks. If this situation is dealt with properly, perhaps we can actually undo this infantilization of American adults that has been going on for the last 10 years. Maybe we could send the message that people are responsible for their own decisions. And this blame and victim society that has grown so quickly is truly not in our best interest. I, I think we all need to fear this government overreach. It weakens us by making us more reliant on the government. Think about it. Who truly benefits from the citizenry being ultimately reliant on the government for all things? It's not you or I. It's the government. We stop electing people who actually lead us, and we only look to elect people who give us prizes.